section twenty three of edmund dantes this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. edmund dantes by edmund flagg chapter twenty one the third day the next morning the following placard attracted general attention citizens of paris orders have been given to cease firing everywhere we have just been charged by the king to form a new ministry the chamber will be dissolved and an appeal made to the country general lamoriciere has been appointed commandant of the national guard liberty order union reform odillon barreau thiers such was the placard which appeared at every corner in paris on the morning of thursday february twenty fourth at three o'clock it had been hastily struck at the offices of la presse and le constitutionnel and given into the hands of the bill posters at daylight it was read by the early passers and as soon as read indignantly torn down with the significant murmur it is too late at eight o'clock a proclamation to the national guard signed by la mauriciere and countersigned by odillon barreau was similarly received at nine o'clock the forty-fifth regiment of the line fraternized with the national guard the thirtieth resigned its arms to the people and the five companies of compierre yielded their quarters with all their arms and ammunition at the first summons at ten o'clock a proclamation was posted up at the bourse signed by odillon barreau and thiers ordering the troops not only to cease firing but to retire to their quarters immediately the trumpets sounded a retreat and the most important positions hitherto held by the line were yielded to the people the men of the barricades could now concentrate and advance magic there was none in the names of barreau and thiers to restrain them both were viewed as deserters from their cause the latter was openly insulted by the populace wherever he appeared and the former though at first respectfully listened to was at length assailed with murmurs of disapprobation on his way to the tuileries in his editorial sanctum sat our friend beauchamp of whom for some time we have lost sight but who has meanwhile been most industriously at work in his paper le charivari in concert with le national and other larger sheets in forwarding the cause of reform and finally of revolution the door opened and chateau renaud appeared farewell beauchamp he exclaimed i have not a moment to lose a post-chaise is at the door farewell off cried the journalist in astonishment and whither and why yes off for england italy america anywhere but france exclaimed the young noble and why why cried the indignant deputy look around you and then ask what there is left in france for me beauchamp continued the young man hurriedly and in low tones france will have no king at this hour to-morrow mark the prophecy the national guard fraternizes with the populace the line fraternizes with the guard the government is of course paralyzed all is over six hours hence the tuileries will be ransacked by a drunken mob 
farewell one moment why do you leave in this way why do you not go to bologna by the cars and do you not know you a journalist that for three leagues around in every direction every railway radiating from paris has been torn up do you not know that every public conveyance even to the mail diligences has been stopped and that all the telegraph stations have been dismantled all to prevent the further concentration of troops in paris by the government i did hear of this indeed said beauchamp at dawn i was at the railway depot having late last night with extreme difficulty procured a passport and whom think you among crowds of others i encountered there you would never guess and i haven't time for you to try lucien de bray and with him but that's impossible for you to divine she who was madame danglars wife of the rich banker years ago well the banker is dead and she is immensely rich and i suppose lucien's spouse into the bargain and where go they oh to england of course that grand reservoir of all emigrant royalists that asylum for all who love kings but farewell farewell if i am not off soon i may have to go without my head and if you are not massacred by your detestable party i hope to hear of you yet as a cabinet minister despite your abominable principles you have my best wishes farewell and with a hearty shake of beauchamp's hand the young noble was off for an atmosphere more congenial to monarchists than was that of paris nor was he alone thousands fled from paris in like manner that same day and the only cry that followed them was this let them go let them go the streets of paris were now choked with barricades not the mere temporary breastworks of the first and second days which a single charge of heavy dragoons would sweep away but regular systematic scientific structures erected apparently under the direction of military engineers and calculated upon every principle of art to ensure resistance some of them were of immense size that for example at the corner of the rue richelieu some had portholes from which protruded the mouths of ordnance in battery all were surmounted by a flag tricolor or red and all were defended by desperate men some other thoroughfares were crossed by many barricades the rue de saint martin for instance by thirty or forty the troops assailing these structures were mowed down throughout the day in a manner which even their opponents deemed most merciless instances of individual bravery on both sides were frequent in the rue mauconcier a young man exposed himself on the top of the barricade time after time firing with fatal aim and every time a shower of balls from the troops assailing whistled around him but he stood untouched and at length the officer ordering the troops to fire at him no more he retired at once behind the breastwork a boy in the rue de saint honore mounted the barricade enveloped in a tricolor flag and dared the troops to fire on their colors he descended unharmed an officer of the line was summoned to yield his sword he did so but first broke it in twain across his knee the same demand was made to a lieutenant of the municipal guard with a musket at his breast he was bidden also to shout vive la république but he only cried vive le roi as the weapon was wrenched from his grasp yet he was spared 
arms were demanded from every householder and when given the gift was endorsed on the door in these words here we were given arms one man received a sword splendidly decorated with gems upon its scabbard and hilt i want only the blade he said tearing it away from its ornaments and grasping the naked steel at ten o'clock m odillon barreau general lamoricière and horace vernet the great marine artist proceeded on horseback to the barricades to induce the people to disperse but all their eloquent entreaties were received only with insults no truce no tricks no mistake this time were the decisive shouts with which they were greeted a second time in the rue richelieu general lamoricière accompanied by moline saint gru bearing a palm branch was equally unsuccessful it is too late was the terrible response from the heart of the barricades followed by a shower of stones one of which wounded general lamoricière on the hand a third time in the rue rohan general gourgaud who even promised the abdication of the king met with the same utter defeat and hastily fled from the fury of the monster now thoroughly roused at twelve o'clock the rumour sped with lightning rapidity through the streets of paris that the troops who had ostensibly been ordered to their quarters were in fact concentrated around the palace instantly rose the shout to the tuileries to the tuileries and a hundred thousand men from all sections of the city marched toward the palais bourbon and the tuileries the rumour of the concentration at the palace was true the place de carrousel was crowded with troops of every arm including several squadrons of cuirassiers and six pieces of ordnance were in position with their ammunition caissons and their provisions and baggage wagons as if for a siege the king attended by his staff and accompanied by the dukes of nemours and montpensier now descended into the court to pass the troops in review the line shouted vive le roi as the king rode along the national guards with tones and looks of menace and defiance cried reform the king replied yes my friends you shall have reform and sad and dispirited turned away to his apartments as he retired the bitter murmur was heard from his aged lips like charles dix a deputation of the people had been admitted within the limits of the place du carrousel to announce the terms they would accept but after a brief parley had retired dissatisfied the men of the barricades now invested the tuileries and the palais royal on every side such was the scene without within all was confusion and dismay the salon were thronged by deputies peers generals and marshals Bougot, lamoricière dupin thiers de l'asterie and many others were there together with all of the royal family then in the capital whether male or female meanwhile the rattle of musketry broken by the occasional roar of ordnance in the direction of the palais royal indicated the severe struggle then going on between the people and the troops from time to time the furious shout of to the guillotine with louis philippe reached the ear does your majesty hear that asked the duke of nemours coldly of his dismayed father alas the old man was no longer the hero of july third 
i do my son was the trembling reply do you advise abdication is there any other course left asked the duke of montpensier any other course cried the queen indignantly oh are you my son are you a son of orleans and can you talk thus of degradation are you a soldier and do you fear mount mount charge on the rebels cut them to the earth drench the pavement with their blood perish but yield not ignominiously thus madame said m thiers solemnly it is too late there must be an abdication in favour of the count of paris and the appointment of the duchess of orleans as regent or all is lost then if this must be let it be done with dignity becoming a monarch said the noble queen let us all retire to st cloud there may be dictated terms of honourable capitulation there at that instant in rushed a man breathless bearing a sheet of paper in his hand and exclaiming sire sire your troops are delivering their arms to the people in a moment they will stand where you now stand sign this paper or your life and the lives of all your family will be sacrificed that man was emile de girardin the editor of la presse and the murderer of armand carrel and that paper was an act of abdication ah this is a bitter cup said the old king as he placed his signature to the sheet and doubly bitter presented by such a hand like charles dix at one o'clock at the bourse and at the corners of all the principal streets was posted this proclamation citizens of paris the king has abdicated in favour of the count of paris with the duchess of orleans as regent a general amnesty dissolution of the chamber appeal to the country but the people were now in the midst of the assault on the palais royal and to check them was impossible the palais royal consisted of two portions the chateau d'eau or palace and the other part which though the property of the orleans family was yet rented by private persons and was occupied for cafes shops dwellings and places of entertainment adorned by colonnades and arcades and by trees statues and fountains in the magnificent quadrangle the property of the citizens was respected that of the king only was assailed for two hours did the fourteenth regiment pour forth its fire from the numerous windows of that edifice and from the court below at length a band of bold republicans headed by the chivalric etienne arago musket in hand charged from the side of the cafe de la regence followed by a detachment of the national guard and driving the troops into the building surrounded it with straw which they set on fire the vast edifice was instantly filled with smoke and flame the defence ceased the soldiers rushed out and were instantly slain the commander of the detachment was pierced by a bayonet the multitude rushed in and the building was sacked the richest and most costly furniture and decorations were at once torn down dashed to pieces and thrown from the windows by the infuriated populace within the palace of the tuileries is a subterranean passage constructed for the infant king of rome and his nurses which plunging beneath the pavements and passing along the whole length of the gardens under the terrace beside the river-bank suddenly emerges at the gate of the place du carrousel in front of the obelisk 
into this passage in wild panic descended the king and queen of france with all their children and grandchildren immediately upon the signing of the abdication and just as the doors were about to be forced emerging from the passage the king leaning on the arm of his faithful wife marie amelie and followed by the royal party crossed the place de la concorde as far as the asphalt pavement the royal party now consisted of the king and queen the duchess of nemours and her children the princess clementine and her husband the duke of augustus of saxe coburg and the duke of montpensier with his young and lovely spanish bride now enceinte and far advanced ignorant of the language only sixteen years of age a stranger to the customs and people of the country and in her delicate situation the position of this young creature was peculiarly trying at one moment she clung with terror to her young husband's arm which she refused for an instant to resign and the next laughed at her own terror saying that one who in her infancy had twice in madrid been saved by being carried off in a sack ought not now to fear when she had feet to carry herself away and was suffered to use them it is said that the fair signora was forgotten in the hurry of the flight and almost left behind as soon as the royal party were perceived they were surrounded by a troop of national guards as an escort and a large number of officers of the line in various uniforms the king leaned on the queen as if for support while she boldly advanced with a firm step and stern look both were in deepest mourning for the recent death of the beloved sister of the king the princess adelaide upon this melancholy procession the people gazed with mingled curiosity amusement gratification and regret they are going to the chamber of deputies to complete the abdication cries one vive la réforme shouts another vive la france shouts a second vive la roi in suppressed tones falters a third see the poor young duchess cried a woman who was availing herself of her peculiar rotundity as a battering-ram to force her way through the crowds she had better have remained at home sneered a dynastic bitterly the poor little children exclaimed a young woman more remarkable for prettiness than neatness and more remarkable still for the scantiness of her attire nearly all of which had been torn from her rounded shoulders in the throng the spirit which pervaded the mass was evidently by no means unfriendly to the royal family and it was as evidently misunderstood by them for suddenly as if by fatality on the very spot where louis the sixteenth was beheaded just beyond the pont tournant on the pavement of the obelisk of luxor the whole party with no apparent necessity came to a dead and complete halt instantly the multitude was crowded upon them and this augmented their terror the king dropped the queen's arm and hastily raising his hat cried vive la réforme all was in a moment uproar and confusion the queen in terror at finding her husband's arm was gone turned hurriedly on every side fear not madame said a mild voice beside her the people will do you no harm this was m maurice editor of la courrier des spectacles 
leave me leave me monsieur she exclaimed in great excitement evidently mistaking the words then regaining her husband she again grasped his arm and the mass at the same time opening its ranks the two hastened on to a couple of those little black one-horse vehicles chancing there to stand which run to st cloud in one of these already sat the duchesses of montpensier and nemours with two of the children in the other stood the two remaining children into the latter hurriedly stepped the royal pair the door was instantly closed and the vehicle drove off at a furious rate surrounded by an escort of dragoons cuirassiers and national guards two hundred in number taking the water-side towards st cloud the other carriage similarly escorted followed at a like rapid pace the children standing at the windows their faces pressed to the glass gazing eagerly with the innocent curiosity of infancy on a scene from which their future fate would take shape he is gone shouted a stentorian voice breaking the momentary stillness as the carriages surrounded by their escort swept from the view let him go let him go was the stern and significant response we are not regicides to the tuileries to the tuileries was now the tremendous shout which rose from the multitude as they rushed toward the deserted palace but the tuileries had already fallen it was no longer the dwelling-place of kings even before the royal abdication was declared even before it was signed the troops of the line in the courtyard of the palace infantry artillery dragoons to the number at least of twenty-five thousand were summoned to surrender their posts while the fraternal shout vive la ligne elicited from the lips of many of the soldiers the answering cry of vive la reforme in vain was it that marshal bougeot the veteran of a hundred battles menaced and blasphemed in vain did his old protege and subaltern but now bitter foe general la Mauricière, dashing from one end of the line to the other on his white horse entreat and persuade with his eloquent tongue the people insisted the national guard fraternized the line wavered and yet most imminent at that moment was their own peril the first second third fourth sixth and tenth legions of the national guard invested the tuileries and others were on the march accompanied by countless masses of the people within the courtyard were twenty-five thousand of the best troops in the world of every arm and a park of ordnance charged to the muzzle frowned upon the dense masses which swarmed the place du carrousel the watchful artilleryman stood at his cannon's breech with the lighted linstock in his hand which he kept alive by constant motion he awaited but a word from the pale firm lips of general la Mauricière, and that vast and magnificent space now swarming with life would have been swept as if by destruction's besom death in all its most horrid forms would have been there that pavement would have run with gore the facades of those splendid edifices would have been polluted with shreds and fragments of human flesh and spattered with human blood yet dreadful would have been the sure retribution indiscriminate massacre of all unfortunate souls within that royal palace would have been inevitable and instantaneous yet such a catastrophe might be precipitated by a single word the avalanche might be started by a single breath and blood once shed paris would be deluged 
in the name of the people i demand to speak with the commandant of the tuileries shouted a young man in the uniform of an officer of the national guard advancing to the iron railing of the court near the rue de rivoli it was lieutenant aubert roche the commandant was sent for and immediately arrived monsieur you are lost cried the young man you are surrounded by sixty thousand men of the national guard and one hundred thousand of the people of paris what is demanded was the trembling response that you evacuate the tuileries resign it to the national guard the troops shall be withdrawn monsieur orders for their retirement to the palace shall be issued instantly that will not do the palace must be evacuated insisted the lieutenant or the people will raise it to the ground come with me monsieur said the commandant the gate was immediately opened and lieutenant roche accompanied by monsieur le sieur chef de bataillon bearing a flag of truce followed the commandant to the pavillon de l'horloge where stood the duke of nemours pale with excitement surrounded by generals monseigneur said the commandant suffer me to present a deputation from the people monsieur what do the people demand asked the duke in trembling tones the evacuation this instant of this palace and its delivery to the national guard and if we do not comply asked marshal bougeot calmly then monsieur you are all lost was the bold answer this palace is surrounded by one hundred and sixty thousand men the combat once begun must be exterminating must be a massacre the fifth legion of the national guard to which i belong is at this moment sacking the palais royal it may be here before we part the troops shall retire monsieur said the duke and on the instant orders for the retreat were issued the artillery went by the railing of the palace and the staff and the duke of nemours by the pavillon de l'horloge their well-trained horses descending the flight of steps the cavalry followed succeeded by the infantry the national guards were then introduced by lieutenant roche and entered the court of the tuileries by the gate of the rue de rivoli their muskets shouldered with the stock in the air at the same moment the abdication of the king was declared general lamoricier had resigned the ministry was dissolved there was a tremendous shout and the conquerors of the palais royal rushed in to take possession of the tuileries End of section twenty three